0: I choose you, say my name so my powers will become yours. Hey, welcome for not getting robbed. Oh, hey, what's up, I'm a superhero.
1: Welcome to the Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe Podcast, where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big
0: fans of what the DC Comics is doing in the big and small screens, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us
1: tonight, and let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. Yeah, we're back. We're back. We're back. For one week. Oh, for for <laughs> a week.
0: And then next week, we're right back to where we were last week.
1: <laughs> Yes, like this is part two of our difficult March, you know, because uh, obviously last week, we neither one well, you were kind of available, but it was just a it, it just didn't work out. <laughs> it was a crap week. It was
0: not going to work out, and you were definitely not going to do anything last week.
1: No, no, definitely not. But we it was actually kind of fun. It's we debuted something that isn't officially launched yet, but it was a soft launch. It was a soft launch. Uh, we you know we've been doing a show that's been um you know exclusively early for our patrons over on Patreon. Uh, it, it's you know we've had various names of the show, but we finally settled on Squadcast movies, and we're basically. Basically going back and reviewing every comic book movie of all time, and we've got twenty of them in the can now. <laughs> so I know
0: Wait, waiting on waiting on that twentieth one to actually drop. Yes,
1: but, but it's recorded. But it's recorded. It is recorded.
0: Uh So that was fun. You know, we, we, all the odd number episodes are modern comic book movies, starting at Blade, or working up chronologically, and then all the even numbers are this golden age track, starting with the very first comic book movie ever released, which of course is Superman and the Mole Men. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a gem. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, that was, I think it was you and me Chris. and Chris Rimmer. Yes. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, so I, we, you know, we've had this thing. I mean, the deal was, you know, we, it's it's exclusive for the patrons for a year, uh, but we've gone well over a year before even debuting this episode. We're
0: about a year and a half now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, about a year and a half. And so uh, we debuted our first uh, review that we've done for that show, which was Blade from 1998.
0: Uh, good movie. Wish I could have been on that review. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did you happen to catch it? I know. I, I think you would listened to it in the past. Well, the review.
0: I not not only not only am I a founder and co-host of the Success Squadcast, I am also a patron. <laughs> a patron, <laughs> so, very good. <laughs> so yes, I've listened to the episodes. Yeah. So
1: so I was curious. At least I was I was a little worried. You know, since this is a DC show, um, are people going to say why are you reviewing Marvel? But we don't have that kind of fan base. Nobody nobody said anything. There was no pushback. So you know, Yay. since we're reviewing all films, so it's it's fun. It's 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 been a fun journey so far. Oh yeah. But we're gonna actually um, I mean the, it's like you said it was kind of a soft debut. you know we, we don't have a plan to roll out an official uh, show yet, but we're gonna kind of use these that have exceeded a year of time uh, since we had you know published it for the patrons. Uh, we may use them as like fill-in episodes here and there. so still TBD. So look forward to one next week. <laughs> Well, we'll see. I, I'm going to see if we could still try to find a way to go ahead and record because uh, there's going to clearly be some other news coming out.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you have fun with that. I'll be enjoying
1: my birthday. I know you will. Yes. And happy birthday, by the way. Coming up.
0: Thank you. Coming <laughs> up. Yes. We'll talk We'll talk about something that DC is giving out as a birthday present uh, later on the show.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. I can't wait to talk about that.
0: I know. Exactly. Um, I had a fun little thing happen to me today, by the way. Yeah. What happened? I um, well. Uh, it was, of course, the last day before spring break at my school, and we had, we kind of mixed our multicultural day assembly and our annual author visit into the in, into the same visit, and we had a New York Times bestselling author, Matt DeLaPena, come by the school, nice. and he actually is the latest young adult author in a series of books published by Random House called DC Icons. Uh, they've published a Wonder Woman book, a Batman book, and a Catwoman book, and last week, uh, Matt De La Pena's Superman book was released and so he was he came to the school gave a talk and I was able to get my uh, copy of the Superman book autographed today oh very cool very that cool. was kind of fun uh, you can check my Twitter feed there's a picture of me and Mr. De La Pena and you know the inscription I got in the book and I'm looking forward to i I'm looking forward to giving that book a read I haven't read this particular series of uh, young adult novels yet but with him kind of coming I was like ah that kind of gave me the impetus to pull the trigger <laughs> right and so of course I do what I always do on Amazon I just look up an entire series, put all of them in my cart, and order them all at one time. There we go.
1: <laughs> Boy, I tell you what that's they, how I roll. <laughs> we just need to kind of keep track of, like, you know, who's coming to visit in your area and then, uh, and then just, watch the- just watch the bank account go down. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So that was that was fun, and I am
0: kind of- And another kind of fun thing that's happening, you know, for, for you know, those Snyder fan in the audience, you know, they did announce that all of the Q&As after the director cut screenings this weekend, which as we're recording, we're missing the Dawn of the Dead Q&A that's yeah, happening, Yeah, which is fine because actually at this point, that's the only Zack Snyder movie I've never seen. Mm-hmm. I still need to see Dawn of the Dead from the safety of my own home with a couch and probably some pillows on the floor, you know, just in case. <laughs> but uh, Saturday night will be the Watchmen um, Q&A session, so probably about the time this episode is dropping. You should not be listening to us. You should be on Vero watching that Q&A session. And then Sunday night will be the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition Q&A. That one, I will make sure that, I don't care what my family has planned Sunday night, I will find some quiet hole and disappear (laughs) into it.
1: Oh, so over-under, how many questions into the very first Q&A? Probably the one tonight. Are we going to get the question about Justice League Snyder Cut? I'm hoping, I'm
0: hoping that people will have some of the good sense to at least wait until the Batman v Superman Mm Q&A and then I'm sure it'll be the very first one. Just Um,
1: saying. I I agree with you. I I hope that's kind of how it goes, but I fully expect there's going to be a question tonight. Because uh, yeah. it, it'll be a backdoor question.
0: Yeah, oh, yes, it will. Yeah. Yes, it will. No, I don't know, because this is kind of new with Vero and live streaming, uh, I'm hoping that there will be an archive that I can go back and, and watch. Sure. Like, I'd like to be able to watch The Dawn of the Dead since I'm here, you know, recording this show instead. Yeah.
1: No, somebody will have it. If someone's going to record it. It'll be out there. Well, if someone, could, if someone could make sure to hook me up with that, I would appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's don't forget to mention that we are members of the Suicide Squadcast Network. That does include DC Comics Squadcast with Chris and Jordan, and Fans Without Borders, and DC TV Squadcast with Brent and Ray. You no, know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta plug the other people. You know, yeah. it's only, it's only, you know, respectable of us to
1: give them a, you now give them a crumb every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. To give some drippings to the poor. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And of course, uh, as you know, we've already kind of talked about Patreon. Uh, first of all, we thank all of you guys that are helping to support us in the network, and also for all of you that are listening to us for free. I mean, we're getting support. From a core group of uh, supporters that really kind of lift up this whole network, uh, we want to thank you guys for all the support you've already given us. And again, like if you don't know much about our network, you know we've got four different shows. I think we put out about twenty shows a month or so. Ultimately, at least, well, uh, somewhere in there. maybe it's like sixteen shows a month, sixteen to twenty shows a month. And you know, of course, all that's provided for free. But we do have a core group of supporters that are helping to uh, keep us float, keep the lights on. And for five dollars a month, which is our most popular tier, uh, you can get all the exclusive content that we put out there for the patrons on Patreon. And uh one of the things we've already talked about is the Squadcast movie show. Like I said, we're going back reviewing all films. Uh, we've already got 20 of them out there on Patreon for you if you want to listen to any of those.
0: We don't have 20 yet
1: because you still have to drop Robocop. Mm, we've got 20 coming. Okay.
0: Okay, 20. Com- I was about to say Robocop can't be too far away.
1: <laughs> yeah it's coming Tuesday. I'm gonna drop that Tuesday. Sweet. Yeah so that was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. And uh just to give you an idea uh the the next uh, movie that's coming out is American Splendor. Wow, which I need to watch and yeah. I
0: need to find the graphic novel and read that too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a fun one. So yeah, so that's the kind of stuff you can get under. Uh, we also got like uh, uh, Chris Rimmer has been doing his, I think he just put out his 10th show.
0: Issue by issue of the, the 100 page giants from Walmart. So yep. he's not reviewing all of them. He's just reviewing the ones he likes to read. Right. right. So No, but I mean,
1: he's always entertaining as hell. So of course, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Especially when he rants. That's always fun. Right. You you get a lot of that kind of stuff. You get a lot of our shows. I mean, we publish some things called like uh, Suicide Squadcast Raw, which I just told my airplane story uh, in my flight out to Las Vegas. I still need to listen to that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one for the ages. <laughs> so I, I did that one with Ray. So anyway, you'll get that kind of stuff. So uh, if you'd like to help support us, please go out to Patreon.com/squadcastmedia.
0: All right. Well, we've got about two. Funny enough, two weeks worth of news equals about like one week, one normal <laughs> week worth of. News. that's pretty much what happens
1: well there's definitely there's definitely some big items that you know normally we would kind of stretch out you know longer with a weekly episode but we'll just go ahead and uh, just kind of pound them all into this episode yes Well, (laughs)
0: poor choice of words (laughs) because we've got we have official news from uh, the Hollywood Reporter that Kevin Sujihara is out of there we were talking about this two weeks ago about the sex scandal that, that the Hollywood Reporter you know broke and now we're getting news that yes, he will be leaving. Um, he's been the CEO, chairman and CEO of Warner Brothers Entertainment for six years. Um, Stankey, the Warner Media CEO. I made sure I said it before you did. Yes. Man, you have a hard time with that name. Stankey? Stop it. <laughs> oh. He came out and released this statement. It is in the best interest of Warner Media, Warner Brothers, our employees, and our partners for Kevin to step down as chairman and CEO of Warner Brothers. No S. Sherlock. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, He went on to say, Say Kevin has contributed greatly to the studio's success over the past 25 years, and for that we thank him. Kevin acknowledges that his mistakes are inconsistent with the company's leadership expectations and could impact the company's ability to execute going forward. Once again, <laughs> stating the obvious.
1: And just how many times has a statement like this been used across various companies?
0: <laughs> and, I, and I love it. We like to th- we like to thank Kevin for his 25 years, even though we've only owned this company for about one.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the least surprise bit of news that come out. Once we saw like the story come out from the Hollywood Reporter, like it was only a matter of weeks, you know, like really days before we were going to finally get this news.
0: Yeah, so um, no one's been named as a replacement yet for Sujihara. Now, in a separate memo, Sujihara sent out his own uh, memo. Uh, you can find the memo in its entirety if you are so inclined, but you know, I'll just read a couple of the highlighted bits. Uh, Sujihara said that after reflecting, "quote on how the intention of my past actions, my impact the company's future, unquote, he has decided to step down. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> sure,
1: sure. He, he's, he, he was spending some time reflecting and made that decision on his own. Nobody believes that. I'm
0: sure no one else had anything <laughs> else to do with that decision.
1: Nobody believes that, Kevin.
0: <laughs> uh, he also continued, quote, it has become clear that my continued leadership could be a distraction and an obstacle to the company's continued success. No. Ki- oh, my goodness. How many? <laughs> I, do you just want to roll your eyes and just go, yeah. no, real? <laughs> <laughs> uh, continuing the hard work of everyone within our organization is truly
1: admirable, and I won't let media attention on my past detract from all the great work the team is okay. doing. Uh, standard fair apologies and all that. So, uh, you know, the thing about this thing is, like, is there anything else the executive team at Warner Brothers can do to attract negative attention to themselves? The past few years.
0: <laughs> <just>, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying the past year ain't been kind.
1: No, more than that. I mean, uh, let's go all the way back to you know. What what was happening after Batman v Superman. And it's just like, uh, okay, well, this is another executive that is out. You can look at this thing as, okay, if you're looking at it just purely from a DC fan perspective, especially somebody that was not too happy with what happened with Justice League, I think you could be very happy about this thing.
0: Because it's another one. It's another one bites the dust.
1: (laughs) It's another one. Basically
0: at this point, you've got one. If you're, if you're vindictive enough, (laughs) basically, you know, that your deck of cards is down to one. Down to one.
1: Right. Yeah. We're talking about Toby Emmerich.
0: Toby Emmerich. He's the only one left. (laughs) I don't know if I'm that. I'm not that vindictive, but it is just kind of. There is a part of me.
1: It's a secret,
0: petty part of me (laughs) that just kind of goes.
1: You kind of like, okay. I I kind of look at Toby Emmerich as the guy that, okay. you know when somebody comes in and slaughters like an entire uh, group of people, but you leave one alive so that person can run back and tell the tell the others what happened. Yes. (laughs) That's Toby Emmerich. (laughs) So and I don't know. And who knows? we still don't exactly know exactly what role all these people have had i mean we've but man have they all dropped like flies they they have dropped like flies but like this is one where it it's it, it, it seemed like stanky and sujahara were kind of like getting along well together and it looked like sujahara was going to survive this merger and 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 the thing that's really interesting about this whole deal is this is actually the third time the company has investigated sujahara based on these allegations so really yeah I- I didn't know that. Yeah, it's the third time. Well, there was the one that we all kind of knew about uh, from about a year ago. And which was involving the same situation, but at that time there weren't all these like text message screenshots that the Hollywood Reporter got. Uh, and then there was like something else in between. So like, you know, the the people that put Kevin in in this position and elevated him to a higher role to give him charge over like I think what was it, Cartoon Network and some other uh, some was it was Cartoon or was it Boomerang?
0: It, it was both. It, it was, it was both. like okay. yeah. it was like Adult Swim Cartoon Network Boomerang, it was like this whole gambit of like animation division, and I read, I cannot, I don't even think it's in the show, I'm trying to see if it's in the show notes somewhere, but I read it today, and it was just a plethora of particularly, like, young children, young adult entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> but it was all those, all those networks.
1: Right. So, so I mean, so the company, and I, when I say the company, I mean, you know, at t clearly knew about this stuff when they had decided to elevate them. So the fact of the matter is they they felt like there wasn't enough for them to have to do anything. It, it kind of goes back to the old good old boys network, you know, where, you know, in this culture here, they just kind of like let this stuff kind of fly. Uh, but it seems like when you get into like a telecommunication type company, you know, this stuff's certainly not going to fly, uh, especially when it becomes a public. I
0: was about to say, when you have, you know, your hand in the cookie jar, yes.
1: let's. <laughs> th- there's not much they can do for you. <laughs> no, those text messages were pretty damning. So the way I look at this thing is like, okay, as a DC fan, you can be happy because, you know, certainly there was some kind of fingers in the cookie jar. I'm going to continue on with your analogy here. Uh, when it came to what happened with um, Zack Snyder and with Justice League, but at the same time the we should just be happy that this behavior that happened and that he exhibited along with you know Brett Ratner and some of the other some of the other information that came out, like this stuff just has to stop, right? And so I'm happy just in general that you know that he was moved out of this position, moved out of this role, so that you're not having this stuff going on behind the scenes that you know can can make or break different actors or actresses that are trying to make it into Hollywood. So I'm glad that he's being removed principally because of that.
0: Well, you know, it's I, I I wish they were doing it on principle, which I know it's <laughs> of not. Course it, or, of it's, course, they're it, not. It's optics. It's all optics. It's because they got caught. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's be honest here. You're sorry you got caught. You're not sorry about what you did.
1: Right. So, all right. Well, let's let's can we move on from this? Well, uh, but there is a couple more things I do want to say. Of
0: course there is. Of course there is. Can Can't we get to the fun stuff?
1: We we can, but uh, we need to kind of explain what's the situation right now at at the at the Warner Media side. So let's talk about what what. what the interim management is going to be. And this is according to Variety. And what they're hearing is that um, from their sources that the interim management team is going to likely consist of Toby Emmerich as well as the television group's CCO, Peter Roth. And what they're hearing is that at least one other top executive, and they're going to all be kind of collectively doing some of the -the behind-the-scenes decision-making right now. And then in this deadline article, it's, it's saying here that John Stankey is now said to be compiling a short list of potential replacements for Sujahara, and many believe that that includes the former th- former 20th Century Fox chairman Stacy Snyder and possibly others with deeper digital backgrounds. I kind of found the mention of Stacy Snyder kind of interesting here because you know with what just happened this past Wednesday, where the 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 Fox and Disney merger is it a is it exactly a merger? or Is it just? It's an acquisition. It's an acquisition, right? So that officially went through. and In fact, they on that same day, Disney announced. So they are closing the uh, Fox 2000 Studio. Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of good movies out of that. So that's that was surprising and and uh, very disappointing, unfortunate, very yes. unfortunate. And so, uh, and the thing with Stacy Snyder is she knew early on uh, once you know Disney had decided to acquire you know, Fox Studios that she was not going to be part of the future. And so she uh, she stayed there uh, during in the interim to basically kind of help keep the show running uh, until the you know, until the murder was complete. So she's kind of an interesting one. you know, cause you feel like there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be affected by, you know, this acquisition from Disney, from, uh, from the old Fox studios. And so timing wise, this is real interesting because if, if, uh, Warner brothers or Warner media is looking to bring in a new CEO, it seems like there's people out there that would be either willing to jump ship that are, are, you know, kind of survive the, you know, the acquisition or were already let go. And this is one person in particular. So, uh, this To give you a little background about her, um, she actually used to work with DreamWorks. Uh, She came over to work with Fox uh, at one point. And as for what is kind of important to her, she's kind of been doing some uh, retrospective, kind of like uh, epiphany of you know what was really important to her. And she says it's not what I want to do; it's what I want. It's who I want to do it with. And then she said she wants to work with great artists. I don't care if I'm an employer or producer. I don't care if I'm at a streaming service or a traditional media company. I want to work with people that are excited about the future. That want to do things differently and have a subversive approach. So it's going to be interesting. You know, this is just a rumored person, but like it's going to really be up in the air. Like, what kind of person do they bring in, and how is that going to affect DC films? And so, if if you if you get somebody like uh, Stacy Snyder, who seems to be uh, someone that kind of values working and working with artists and wanting to uh, value, th- you know, that kind of thing, like the creative side of things, uh, that would be great. But if we get somebody that is just purely in it for like you know what's the bottom line that's going to that's going to be leading to things completely one way or the other when it comes to what's going to happen to the future of dc films in my opinion so okay
0: can we move into the fun stuff now we can oh good 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 because david sandberg is back on social media showing giant billboards in times (laughs) square and i
1: love it that was a great little video that he put out there
0: it was it was and i actually just got an email today from uh dc entertainment the dc entertainment store uh and they have their exclusive uh shazam shirts on sale and Remember that? Remember those images that we were looking at? I think it was like a month ago, and we were like drooling over like these different like graphic art designs. Yeah, all
1: that graphic promo art. Yeah, yeah. All those are shirts. Okay, yeah, that's what we thought at the time.
0: Well, we thought it was we thought some of them needed to be, and one of the ones that I was like, I want this. It's a shirt. I, I I will probably be buying it. Which one? But they also have an exclusive one that will only be available through the website, and it has the Shazam logo on the front, and then on the back in gold foil, it just says, just say the word.
1: Okay. Very cool.
0: And I was like, I was looking at it going, and there's my Shazam t shirt purchase. <laughs> I found it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like that David Sandberg video. I think he put this on Instagram. Uh, it was just a view, like he had set up the camera and was looking up at all these giant billboards in Times Square with all the big crowd around. And, and he walks past the camera like he's saying, Oh, that looks like a cool film. We should check that out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. He's, he's really good at this. Oh, man. What's this? Okay. I'm sorry. I, I need to look at this. Uh, I just see the headline you put in the show notes that says, Shazam phone charging station.
1: Yeah, while I talk about it, go ahead and look at the video. Uh, So David Sandberg put something on Instagram. It showed this really cool, like, full-size life-size statue of Shazam. Really high detail. But in the back of the base, there's all these plugs that you could plug your phone in to charge it. And he's got his fingers sticking out on his statue. And if you touch it, he says, your phone's charged. That is hilarious. Your phone's charged. Your phone's charged. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm not sure what that's for, but it's. uh... I don't
0: care. I don't care what it's for. I think it's hilarious. I, and as much as I, I am kicking myself that tomorrow night I'm not going to one of these advanced screenings.
1: Oh, uh, I'll live
0: tweet it for you. I, I will, I will, I will f you up so badly. <laughs> uh... Your children won't recognize. You, uh... Just so you know. Oh uh, well,
1: we'll we'll see. You could always you could always mute me. Uh,
0: no, I'll probably have to just delete the. Tweet twitter app i'm really yeah
1: i'm not gonna like tweet it ugh, some people will but there's a few of us and i and, and i can't remember who from our network is going to see it i know brent seeing it i think pretty, it sounds like everyone's seeing it
0: but me okay. i know that brent ray and you i think jordan jordan is yes I, I
1: don't know about chris
0: chris is the only question mark and i'm definitely not because i'm gonna be doing
1: a nine hour drive tomorrow okay. just saying all right so hopefully not in a circle oh no not in a circle no <laughs> So, um, some of you have getting some of these international posters. So, just you know, like the IMAX poster is a lot of fun. It's uh, it's the <laughs> same picture of him, you know, downing a, a soda, and he's had a big bucket of popcorn. Just says IMAX on it.
0: Oh, that's gonna be. I, I I wonder if that's the now that's an international one, but I'll be very curious to see if that's the one that's at my IMAX screen when I go to see Shazam.
1: Um, yeah. So, like I said, we're most of us are seeing it tomorrow. We have we have agreed, Scott and I have agreed. I am going to hold off on any kind of review until scott is back
0: which is going to be the official opening weekend right right there's there's not going to be any of this shenanigans of like two (laughs) aquaman reviews and i'm not on the first one no no none of that this is my show dang it i get to be on the
1: reviews (laughs) right so we will we will do that this time around and uh, i think we may put like some reactions on patreon so oh yeah
0: that's fine i can delete that i don't care about that yeah but for the main show look for our review the official opening weekend because that's when i'll be seeing the movie. Yep.
1: Uh, Todd Phillips put out an image of Walking Phoenix seemingly from the film and with the caption, Editing Hashtag Joker. And uh, it's in black and white. Looks fantastic. It's Walking Phoenix looking at an old style TV. Very close. And it looks like he's recording because he's got like a little VCR on top. And then underneath the TV you can see some old uh, VHS tapes. And it's just titled Murray. So of course, uh, Murray is um, being played by... De Niro, right? De Niro, yeah. So it looks like he's just sitting there watching this and he's recording or playing he's doing one of the two so that's very intriguing and it's in black and white and so the first thing I kind of thought to myself and I want to ask you this Scott is there any chance that this film will be in black and white
0: I don't think so or at least I don't see it being released black and white uh in theaters you know maybe it gets that black and white treatment on home video because I remember ah that would be cool well because you know I am trying to remember there was that year where like both Mad Max true. For- Road and Logan both got released with a black and white edition on home video. Yeah, but if if it if they're gonna go for that, that's what I would expect. But for the theater, no, we're getting color because yeah. that's just a that's just a general audience
1: thing. Yeah, but it just it just really got me thinking because he's given us a bunch of images in black and white, not necessarily all of them, but like uh, I remember he did that um, that first image of himself, Todd Phillips smoking, that was in black and white, a very noir feeling type film, and and it just it just. Really really, like, I mean, this this image works for me in black and white. Well, it,
0: it would be very much like, you know, some, you know, like Raging
1: Bull or something. You right, know, there's some, right. You
0: know, yeah, I, I get it. It would work for the aesthetic, but I just feel like, but I just feel like for the general audience, they would do it in color. And yeah. If they thought about doing it in black and white, that would be a home video thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and then it also kind of made me wonder, is like, okay, would it be, like, partially in black and white and partially in color?
0: Ah, well, there there's, there's some possibilities. Yeah. But just with the shots they've done of
1: him and the Joker makeup, I cannot see them losing those colors that they had yeah i mean that's the thing i mean it's the iconic uh you know the green hair and the, the purple white, suit the, the purple suit and the white face like that's not going to work in black and white but who knows maybe maybe these little flashbacks are shown in black and white so it's going to be interesting but either way I, I do like the idea of of uh, like a black and white release of this thing so we'll just have to keep an eye on that yeah
0: uh chuck rovin had an interview with collider where he I'm gonna be the cynical one and say justifying the delay of Wonder Woman 1984. Um, <laughs> I, I, the word excuses came to mind, but you know, say yeah. Uh He said that he didn't. Of course, he denies this anything to do with China. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course not. Liar. Um, they always wanted a June date, Tim. Didn't you know that? Of course, of course, I, of course. The studio felt they needed to have a big aircraft carrier as a tent pole in the year 2019, so we had a very rushed pre-production and we had. A a rushed post-production schedule to make November 1st, 2019. The studio came back to them and said they were right with original date and they told them to take the extra time to move back to June 5th, 2020. Yeah. I love how they say move back. Like, when do we ever hear that as an original date?
1: Um, it was probably internally, but... Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, they're, they're originally... I, I think there was a film, not a DC film, but there was some other film that was originally slotted for that time frame and then I think it moved out and I, I can't think of which one it is off, offhand here. But it was like once that date kind of opened up, it it made sense I think from a business standpoint to put it on that date because that kind of gives you a chance to have like a traditional tentpole film, you know, right there at you know, the beginning of summer.
0: Well, it also gets it away from the competition that it would have this fall between Frozen 2 and uh, Episode 9 of Star Wars. Yeah. Like no, put it in June with little
1: competition and let it have legs like the first one did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because that's, you know, the first film was in that same time frame. So, you know, why change it? So it all kind of makes sense. But it was, it was, I mean, you say it was like uh, kind of making excuses for why they're moving it to, you know, because saying that it has nothing to do with China. I mean, it's it's kind of damning to say that, yeah, we were being rushed. Like, you know, that's not, if you're going to make an excuse, you don't necessarily want to do that because that kind of implicates the studio. At this point, everyone, everyone would just look at that and go, yep, sounds like sounds like business as usual. Exactly. But it seems like you would not necessarily want to draw attention to that. I mean, because let's face it, you're, you know, you, when you've got a producer like Peter Safran and, and the Safran Company, Company coming in and and they're starting to get involved in a lot more films and you're seeing you know less of Chuck Rovin's uh, involvement as an like executive producer. It's like the last thing you want to do is is try to kind of piss off the studio. I guess. I'm
0: just- some people just don't care anymore. Let's. It's weird. It's, it's a weird time. The news is weird. And by the way, it's going to get weirder. Yes. Because, man, some weird things happened over the last two weeks. Yep. Um. Let's just sort of hit this. Uh. Somebody uh decided to be a smart aleck and ask if Batman was going to make an appearance in the Batman movie to Matt Reeves, to which Matt Reeves responded, perhaps. <laughs> and another guy asked, do you guys know when you'll start filming it? And Matt Reeves said, looking like sometime around year's end.
1: Okay. Well, that's... You know, that's that's a pretty good source to get that information from. I mean, if you've got the so, director you know, saying that we're going to be filming sometime around year's end, that means things are getting really, really close here. And of course, all the, the rumored, you know, talent search, I guess, for who's going to replace Ben Affleck as Batman. I mean, it all ha- obviously makes sense, because if, if you're on that kind of a timeline, like, things have to start moving. Yes, very much so.
0: All right. Speaking of let's, things moving. Uh, let's move into some of the insanity. Now, this was all the stuff that you were, like, you were missing out on, because you were on a red eye, and you were like texting me going, What's going on? I'm just like, you get a crazy story, and you get a crazy story, and everybody gets a crazy story, and you were like, What the hell? Okay, so Deadlines reporting that James Gunn has been reinstated as the director for Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, why are we reporting that news on a DC podcast? Well, because people were curious what this was gonna mean for his role as the writer and director of Suicide squad the suicide squad i almost said suicide squad 2 i forgot no nope, that's not what it's called no
1: because peter saffron will will get mad at you if you do that uh, apparently
0: and uh, so the big deal for us is to say that marvel studios has agreed to commence production on guardians of the galaxy volume 3 after james gunn completes the suicide squad now tim and i have some thoughts on this
1: yes um <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some of mine are highly, highly cynical and skeptical.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And starting off with, do you get the feeling that this was the plan all along? Like like you're talking about Disney's plan all along. Right. Let's fire him while it was really good optics to fire him. But then nothing moved along with it because we didn't need it to move along. And now that we're ready to start making it happen, we'll just come right back and, quote, rehire him. I don't know.
1: Well, especially when you had a studio in between hire the director who had just been and let go. And then let them to kinda of take all the hits. <laughs> all the PR hits on you know like okay you know kind of bringing back all the criticism about the uh, the inappropriate you know social media messages that you know he had put out that were dug up from his past and all that so let that studio kind of take the hit then when all that's kind of died down
0: of course let Warner Brothers take the hit why not why not the, the whipping the whipping boy <laughs> of media
1: right and then and then you just kind of sneak back in and take it back so I mean you know prior to Gunn being let go he had already written a script with Marvel and and it was Marvel already said that they were going to use that script for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And uh, and in fact, I mean, you know, after his firing from, from Guardians, the entire cast had been real vocal about trying to get him back and wanting to get James Gunn back uh, for the franchise. And so it was like, it was kind of like a trial balloon. You know, you put that out there. Let's see what the long-term reaction is, especially if he gets hired by somebody else. And then, you know, and then at that point, you can kind of bring him in again. And the one thing I kind of found interesting about this whole deal, which I was not aware of, uh, apparently, James Gunn was is being repped by the Saffron Company, which, really? which I didn't know that. So Peter Saffron, of course, is uh, he's become uh, a much bigger presence now when it comes to DC Films. Uh, obviously, was involved with Aquaman, uh, is involved with Shazam, uh, is apparently was going to be involved with Suicide Squad. Probably, He was probably one of the ones that principally was involved with getting James Gunn to come over for su- the Suicide Squad. Uh, also is going to be involved in a aquaman 2 and the trench film so that was a little detail that i just wasn't aware of at the time and it, it so it, it makes a lot more sense why either saffron was involved with the suicide squad or why james gunn was brought in to the suicide squad
0: it also kind of makes me understand why uh james gunn is so talked about in this peter saffron interview from joe blow right i was like why, why are we talking so much oh ah the pieces fall together. Yeah. Um, of course, he says, first of all, we don't call it Suicide Squad 2 because it's a total reboot. And of course, I'm like, you keep using that word. I don't <laughs> think it means what you think it means,
1: but we'll see. So, OK, my thoughts, and I, and I know you had your thoughts, which you just which you kind of expressed there. My thoughts on this is basically, you know, it's made it sound like in this article that once he's kind of completed all of his work on the Suicide Squad, that then they're going to he'll move back over and continue his work. On Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Okay, timing-wise, does does that really make sense to you, Scott? <laughs> None of this makes sense. Let's like, since left this
0: situation long ago. So continue.
1: Well, so the, here's the thing, here's the deal. So like he's already heavily involved in a script that apparently Marvel wants to go forward with for Guardians Three.
0: Right. Which I thought was weird that you fire the guy as a director, but you're keeping a script. Right. As soon as I heard that, I kind of like cocked my <laughs> eyebrow, like,
1: huh. So so the so here's the deal. So if he's going to be filming... You know, like presumably writing, you know, the Suicide Squad right now. He's going to be involved in all the pre-production. He's going to be doing the direction of the film. He's going to be doing all the post-production. He's going to be doing all the you know the the media tour and all that. So when when is he supposed to get re-engaged with Guardians Three? Like, are they really going to wait that long for him to get involved in that film again? So so timing-wise, I'm like that's why I'm kind of wondering. I'm like, is there a chance that we don't get some news here that you know maybe maybe James Gunn is. Not not going to be doing the suicide squad is there a chance in in your eyes
0: well i you are expressing a thought that i saw float around social media last weekend while you were out of pocket yeah that was like did james gunn just use warner brothers did he just play warner brothers to work his way back into his guardian's job so that he can go great i proved that i can be hired by another studio you're taking me back Kiss off Warner
1: Brothers. Well, I mean that's so that's that's certainly a cynical way of looking at it from (laughs) the motivation. I know. Well, I mean from from the motivations perspectives of James Gunn. I'm talking about the from the Warner media side here, Warner Brothers side. Do they want to be dealing with this? Like, does this does this kind of cause complications? Because if there's anything that causes any kind of slip in the production timing of this film I mean at what point is, is you know at what point would his commitment to whatever it is here with Marvel not get in the way that's what I'm saying like it's this is this is just a weird situation where you've got a, a major sequel that I'm sorry Peter Safran Reboot it's, it's, it's a sequel or a reboot whatever you want to call it
0: whatever, whatever <laughs> we're calling it these yeah. days
1: but you've got somebody involved in a major production with a lot of actors and there's a lot of moving parts and then he's going to move on to another major sequel with that's a major production with a lot of moving parts i, I just don't know that these two go together so i don't know we well, shall see we shall I see so so i i i guess what i'm saying is like i i wouldn't be the least bit surprised if we don't suddenly see like yep maybe they may maybe he decides to move back entirely and this is just pure speculation because i mean obviously he's been somewhat invested at the very least with the suicide squad
0: right because we got a release date for it yeah you know we've got casting all these talks of casting. Uh Joel Kinnaman was interviewed by Metro from the UK asked to confirm or deny whether he's going to return as Rick Flag? to which he said, I can't confirm or deny it just yet, but asked if he'd like to return to your play, for sure. It's all sort of in the works, and we'll see. Thank you, Joel, for that enlightening comment about whether you're going to be back as Rick Flagg.
1: Yeah, so, I don't know. So, as usual, it's it's just a, a confusing, messy situation.
0: Oh, you want to talk about another confusing, messy situation? Let's talk about The Flash. <laughs> Let's talk about Cause, it. Because first we get, you know, rumors from Geeks Worldwide, that the Flash solo movie was eyeing a November 2019 production start date, but then the Hollywood Reporter went off and dropped this gem: that apparently there there is a clash of creative visions between the current screenwriters and directors of the Flash and the, film st- and the film star Ezra Miller, who apparently is not too keen on the current vision for the solo film, and he has made a deal with. Warren Warner Brothers to co-write a script with none other than Grant Morrison <laughs> to pen a draft that apparently could determine whether he stays on as Barry Allen in the DCEU. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Ezra was more interested in a more serious take on the material than what is reportedly being served up by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. And, uh, you know, they're kind of saying that you know, they've got the, the superheroics as fun on its sleeve you know, with Aquaman making over a billion dollars and the obvious tone that Shazam's going for, apparently that was where the Flash was heading, and Ezra just Ezra wasn't digging that. Yeah. So apparently, the two sides have been working on a compromise since last year, but Ezra took the initiative to tackle the story himself, partnering with Grant Morrison and. Uh, the according to one insider, basically kind of the whole hitch of this is that Ezra's holding deal on The Flash expires this May.
1: Yeah. What a freaking mess. I I, <laughs> I don't know what to think about this thing, because if, if you, you know, so who is the what is the studio or who is the studio giving priority to? Are they giving priority to the directors? Are they a director driven studio? Because if that's the case, you're going to say this is the direction that John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein want to go. And if it's a director-driven studio, then then how are they giving Ezra Miller and Grant Morrison? And I don't know that Grant Morrison's ever written a screenplay. At least in, at least nothing nothing major. I think he did the movie Happy. Well, he's not a movie; it's a TV series. Or, the, the the TV series Happy, and then some. Uh, he's done some like animated. Um, I know he's done some DC animated shows.
0: Has he? I don't. I don't. Yeah.
1: So so it's just odd to me. Like when you know, like I mean, so, what are the directors thinking at this point? So. Uh, there's something going on in the background here and I'm, I'm not sure what's happening
0: yeah i i just this is well of course you guys I'm kind of also looking at it from like Ezra's perspective of how many directors has he gone through <laughs> right I mean honestly how I mean I'm trying to count like one two three like are we on our fourth set of directors at this point for this solo film
1: well I don't think you can I don't think you can uh add Lord and Miller to that list which I think is just what you're doing because they were they were never named as directors
0: nah, I don't think I was naming I was adding them to the list Oh, well, maybe the three because we had, no, we had Seth Graham Smith
1: yep Seth Graham Smith.
0: I just have lost track yeah and then these guys. <laughs> and these guys yeah
1: so uh i don't know I, there's a great article that Stephen m colbert put out over on screen rant and it's titled the dcu's biggest mistake was not letting Zack snyder finish his vision and what's great about what what steven said in this thing was that you know it seems like warner brothers is kind of at this point where they're wanting to reboot everything and kind of go in a different direction and the whole gist of what steven said in his article is like if they had just followed through with the original plan like if you remember the original plan was going to end with like a Green Lantern Corps film and a Cyborg film next year. He says basically Zack Snyder's original vision anyway was to basically, you know, go this, this five film route and just everything kind of be torn down in the end anyway. So you could have rebooted the entire franchise. And that's essentially what they're doing. But all they've done is do the same thing, but just create such a messy situation and basically tear down all the initial universe that they were kind of building up in the fan base and just leaving it like an unsatisfying mess. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, and it's such a it's a yep. it's such a great simple little. Yep, I'm just, just <laughs> preached, Stephen. Yeah, so I encourage you guys to go check that out. Uh, uh, yeah, Stephen can just cut to the chase so often with some of his uh, some of his writings, and and this was just a a, a spot on. It was a, so spot on. I mean, basically his point was we should have Justice League two this year.
0: Yep, and we could be done. Like like the, if they didn't li- if they didn't like that vision, great, you could have been done with it naturally. <laughs> naturally, this year and moved on. Yeah,
1: so, so yeah, th- so that's the same thing with this Flash thing. I-, I just don't, I don't know, I don't know what they're doing anymore. Like, I-, I don't know what the vision is with the character.
0: Well, apparently, you got two competing visions.
1: You got two competing, yeah.
0: You've got the, you got what the directors are probably were hired to do because Aquaman made a billion. And then you've got what Ezra feels like he was originally hired to do. And those two are not getting along.
1: Yeah, but what's strange about it is it if, you know, is this a little token offer to Miller, um, you know, to work with Morrison and and you know, do an alternative version of the script, knowing that it's just basically like, you know, okay, well, we gave you a chance, and yeah, we're still going to say no. Is that what this is going to come down to?
0: I don't know. I'm just trying to think of how many members of how many how many members of the original Justice League cast are we not going to have by the time we maybe get to another one? Yeah. So I I have to admit I saw this story last weekend, and of course the. F- the, the the complete crap storm that Twitter was I just I, it was another one of those days where I just just I wanted to just delete the app off my phone <laughs> I didn't want to see it I didn't want to open Twitter I, I I didn't want to keep on getting tagged and stuff I was just like I don't give a crap right now I'm out shopping with my family
1: <laughs> I don't care because this just makes me unhappy and this is one of these things I was oblivious to all this drama last week and like you said I was taking a red eye back uh Saturday and and I missed all this all I saw was like like the high-level hot takes that I was seeing in a couple headlines and Twitter posts. And, and then I texted you. Yes.
0: <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, brace yourself, winter is coming. <laughs>
1: I and mean, it's not the Game of Thrones. Or is it? I don't know. I really don't know. So
0: we shall see.
1: Uh, let's bullet point the rest of this and then let's talk Doom Patrol.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I hate people who get to live in cool cities that get to see the Dark Knight Trilogy in 70mm IMAX. This sucks. <laughs> I'm just saying. That does especially since it kicks off on my freaking birthday next Saturday. I mean, really? Stop having birthdays. Live Q&A with Christopher Nolan. Seriously. Yeah. Ugh.
1: But is he going to every location? He's not, right? I mean. No,
0: no, no, no. He he's just doing the
1: just the one. Okay. He'll be he'll
0: be in attendance for the kickoff event in Los Angeles where they'll do back to back Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises. Right. Okay. Uh and then it moves. Basically the the, the print moves from one city to another I got like you. it's it's not like it's not like it's happening in every city at the same time okay it's like it's like a it's like a traveling fair and I hate you people I hate you all right
1: well let's let's rattle off the TV news and I know you're more on top of this so I'm let you do your usual bullet point okay <laughs> uh,
0: apparently the season four finale of Supergirl is gonna be called the quest for peace <laughs>
1: The, the, I, the, he chose. They chose <laughs> poorly. They went there. They did this willingly, is what I'm understanding.
0: Well, the, you know, they got John Criers lux Luther, yeah, which is actually I will give them credit. I have heard enough buzz that, except for the Elseworlds episode of Supergirl, I'm finally gonna watch an episode of Supergirl this season <laughs> just to watch John Cryer as lux Luther because I'm morbidly curious. But I've been hearing good things, so when I catch up on all my other shows, I'll actually watch a Supergirl for the first time in like a dog's age.
1: I did did see this one, and maybe you can explain this one to me. Serena Williams tweeted out that she just joined the DC Universe streaming service. I know. Is there, is there more of a story behind it?
0: No, not that I'm aware of, except for apparently she's binging Titans and loving it.
1: Yeah, because uh, when I went to the tweet, I go, okay, there's got to be more to this. So I dug into the replies, and somebody—actually, it was DC Comics—had responded and said, what are you watching? And she said, Titans, I'm a bit obsessed.
0: And then, of course, they announced that on my birthday, March 30th, in celebration of Batman's 80th anniversary, because, yes, people, even though it has a cover date of May 1939, Detective Comics 27, according to DC Archives, was released on my birthday. Happy birthday to me a solid 50 years before I was born. Yes. Yay! Very cool. So on March 30th, you can watch and read. Basically, DC Universe streaming service opens up for one 24-hour period and anyone can partake of this streaming service on my birthday.
1: Yes. That's kind so, of a cool idea.
0: That is kind of a cool idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, just kind of give you a little bit of like, this is what's under the hood and see if they can get some people more interested in the service. That's good. I'm kind of glad they're doing it.
0: Yes. Uh, by the way, you can purchase the first season of Titans on Voodoo to own for 19.99 right now. Is it just Voodoo? Just Voodoo. I checked. Okay. Uh, you know what? I didn't check iTunes, but I know they were advertising Voodoo on Facebook and it wasn't on Amazon and I had no way of checking iTunes at the time. Okay uh, Deathstroke has been cast. We're getting another Deathstroke, people. <laughs> Deathstroke has been cast on Titans, and it's going to be played by actor. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I know, obviously, his last name is Morales. I would suggest Asai. Asai Morales. Uh, I know his face. I have seen him on uh, many a TV show, particularly Caprica on, from sci fi. Yeah. Uh, but he will be portraying Deathstroke, and they've cast uh, Chella Man as Jericho, who is a, uh, in real life, a Deathstroke transgender uh, from female to male actor who is a Jewish Chinese American so and I think especially if you've read Jericho and Deathstroke Rebirth mm-hmm. there's some very very applicable parallels going on with where the character went at least in Rebirth and then uh, Chelsea Zhang has been cast as Ravager and that also that sort of uh, I, I don't know what it's like you know pre uh, New 52 Rebirth but this this sort of mix race uh casting uh is spot on for her uh, for rose's uh rebirth incarnation so yeah i mean we're gonna wrap up uh, from what i understand we're gonna wrap up the trigon story and then we're moving on to deathstroke people yeah i'm I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see what 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 DC Universe gets to do with Deathstroke. This is probably going to be pretty badass.
1: Well, I mean, consider they have, uh, you know, no censors. Well, no censors, but I mean, the whole idea of like having Jericho and Rose together, like it just it's really intriguing if they are going to kind of go to that Ju- you know Judas contract route.
0: Well, you know, all of that, you know, it's just the whole just the whole Wilson family, and I I think back to that two parter that was. Sort of Manu Bennett send off on Arrow, and did you ever get a chance to catch up on that one from season six? I have not. Oh, let's put it this way: Deathstroke basically gets like his Martha rescue fight. Okay. On Arrow, and it's in the first part of the. It's and it was <laughs> fabulous. Now imagine what that's like on a streaming service where it can be an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. And I am giddy as a schoolboy. Nice.
1: All right. Uh, by the way, one quick thing: I, I did look up Titan season one is available on iTunes for twenty five dollars. Oh. Oh, okay. So Voodoo, you can get it for nineteen ninety nine. So They've actually got a bunch of extras. They've got one, two, three, four. They've got like 12 different behind-the-scenes extras. Ooh, that is good to know. And I know they've already
0: announced that it will be released on Blu-ray later in the year. Yeah, okay. All right, then. Well, is it
1: time to talk Doom Patrol? I think it is. I think it is.
0: Because we've got two episodes. Because we're doing another one of these back-to-back episodes of we need to catch up on two episodes at once. <laughs> right.
1: So the first one, episode 105, Paw Patrol. And we're not talking about the kids. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, be
0: there on the double. Do
1: Do not do that.
0: (laughs) No no pups too big. No no jumps too big. No pups too small. I promised people on Twitter they had to bear for this. I'm sorry. (laughs) I have to watch this show all the time. You don't even know their names. I know their names.
1: There's Rocky. There's Sky. There's, uh, I don't know, um, Rubble. Marshall, Chase. Rubble, Marshall, Chase. Yeah, I know know who they are. I just don't know all of them. (laughs)
0: Huh. I'm sorry. When I saw that this episode was called Paw Patrol, I was like, "Dear God!" <laughs> and then I was a little underwhelmed by its connection to the title when I watched the episode.
1: There was hardly a well. There was the dog. The, it, the
0: dog. That was it. The dog. That was
1: it. The one dog.
0: That was the re. That that was the unwritten book of the recreator. The
1: recreator. Yeah. Uh, okay. It, it it did have a connection ultimately.
0: Barely, but barely. Okay. This is the first episode of Doom Patrol that I watched, and I went, "Okay, there." Here's the line you just stepped over it. I mean, this this was this is the one episode. I mean, we have seen some pretty crazy crap on this show, but this was the one episode that made me kind of roll my eyes. I yeah. was like, okay, this is this has got him. You have got just a wee bit too far.
1: This was way over the line. Uh, I mean, and and I'm not saying in a bad way, but man, was this thing out there? God, it really was. I just,
0: I, it was just the first time I was watching the show, going, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not going, I'm not. I just, I'm not there with you guys. <laughs> just, this is just gone. The whole idea of them working in two different time periods, I thought was funny. You know, I, I was enjoying um, Mr. Nobody's narration again, yeah. talking to uh, what was, the, what was the personality's name? Was it Doctor Brown or uh, I? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It was last week
1: when I watched this episode, but that was a very interesting personality that Jane had. Uh, oh, by and by the way, Mr. Nobody is, is he the one that's voiced? Seen the cockroach as well? No, 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 no. Ezekiel is someone else. Ezekiel is someone else. Okay, because yes, I, I couldn't. Like I was thinking, I think that's him, but I wasn't sure. No, 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 no. Ezekiel is a different actor. Okay, so I, I, I am loving that occasional appearance by Ezekiel. Yeah. <laughs> Ezekiel
0: is hilarious. That is hilarious. And talking to the rat.
1: Yes. <laughs> Oh, I thought, I thought for sure the rat was just going to like eat it. I
0: was, I was waiting for the rat to do
1: something to Ezekiel. Yeah. I, I have to admit it. And nothing happened, but. And nothing happened. Uh. Just out there, man. Like, I got to be honest, like, I had a little hard time following this one because this was one of these things where it's like, okay, there's a lot of, you know, weird, wacky things going on here, you know, because they're doing like the time travel and, and she was uh, kind of plant, like, we're talking about Crazy Jane. She's planting a seed with all these people in this, um, what's the correct term I should use? The cult. The cult, but it was also like, it was a, uh, no, we'll just call it a cult, but I mean, it was at a facility where it was at,
0: it was, it was at a, um,
1: like a mental, a mental, hosp- mental a mental hospital. A mental hospital. Yeah. Yes. And she's planting a, a seed with them. Like, yeah, at some point in time, you're going to all have to come out and dance. And and then we cut back to the present time. And you see all these elderly people coming out when they're trying to dance when the decreator's creators eye was up in the sky. And it was just like, OK, it was like all connected there. But I'm like, I don't totally understand everything that's going on.
0: Well, and then you had the like the one girl who ended up somehow getting her way into Nuremheim to like blow up the high priest. <laughs> just, yeah. It was just wackadoo. Yeah, it was all kinds of wackadoo, and I was just like, I just was sitting back going, "What the hell am I watching?"
1: Well, and then and then Robot Man and Crazy Jane were was stuck in that little snow globe. Well, because that
0: was Nuremberg, and, and, yeah. and of course, of course, Niles shows up and he's like, "Yeah, it's right here." <laughs> and Willoughby and Kipling was like, "You stole that from me, you bastard!" <laughs> was, those two were fun. Yeah, watching Kipling and Calder interact that was. Enjoyable. Enjoyable.
1: that was fun and I still enjoy like when he left he used the cigarette again and just cut a hole into whatever it is <laughs> reality reality just, and then walks through and then it closes up I, I love that little part of it
0: that was fun but you know the rest of it I what I didn't appreciate was just more you know much more character work you know going on with the Doom Patrol just I, just the overall plot of the episode was just crazy and kooky yeah but I did enjoy getting to see Mr. Nobody really kind of stretch his legs and I'm just looking at him
1: going, oh dear god, this man's power levels it's- are insane. Insane. Yeah, it's uh, it's off the charts. I I did like how much time Crazy Jane got because you really got a lot of background on her story.
0: Yes, you did, and I love how we're still and we'll be talking about this with the next episode that we're going to talk about is how we're still getting these episodes devoted to the different members. So we're getting lots of great character development.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is going to be another one of the shows that like when it's all said and done, when I go back and watch it, like it's it's going to click a lot better for me. Well, because you're going to have more context. Right, right, and it's. And it seems like there clearly is, you know, a path they're going and lots of little seeds are being planted. I I just can't appreciate them at the time. And that'll be one of the things, like, once you get the whole picture about, you know, what this whole season was all about when it was all said and done, it's going to be pretty fun to go back and watch those episodes again. Yeah.
0: So you want to talk about episode 106, Doom Patrol Patrol? Yeah. Because I loved how uh, Paw Patrol ended where where, uh, Mr. Nobody's talking to Jane in the 70s. Yeah. And it was like, I want you to remember a word. (laughs) And then when the hangman's daughter is painting, you just see her go, what the f***? The Doom Patrol, <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: you know I'm gonna forget to bleep that.
0: <laughs> of course, you're ble- this reminder to Tim, bleep what Scott just said.
1: <laughs> right, and uh, and it was kind of weird because I, you know, when they were bringing back Mento, you know, one of the original Doom Patrol members, I, and I was like really sitting there trying to remember, like when exactly did Mento come in? Because I think it was around the same time that Beast Boy came in to the Doom Patrol. Okay, yeah. So
0: well, that would almost make sense because you know they were using Mento. I mean, have have you
1: watched Young Justice Outsiders? No, but I. I've, I've seen I've seen the character from it.
0: Yeah, well, because they, they brought Mento in yeah. when they had an episode focused on Beast Boy that introduced the Doom Patrol into the Young Justice universe. And uh, that was that was just a hoot. And their depiction of Mento in that series. Yeah. So I was very unfamiliar with the other two members of the OG Doom Patrol in this series. I, I didn't know who those two people you were. Know, one was telekinetic. The other one had the fire and the ice powers. I was not familiar with those. I knew who Minto was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a bit sketchy on this, too. So, like, I've actually started going back, and I, I didn't get too far, but I went back to uh, My Greatest Adventure, the original appearance of Doom Patrol, which you can get on the DC Universe app. Yes. yes. And I, I, was, I was going through, starting to read those stories. And it was actually, I was actually kind of impressed with how much they preserved from some of the origins that were uh, kind of revealed in that initial appearance of Doom Patrol.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I've got the Silver Age omnibus, yeah. so I need to crack that puppy open, along with everything else I need to be reading. Yeah. You know, so
1: this was a great episode for Rita. Yeah, it was a real good one, yeah.
0: Oh my goodness, when she when she was going through her casting couch moment and ended up smothering that, 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 Su, that Sujahara stand in.
1: Sujahara, yeah. And I was kind of sitting there thinking during that scene, because I mean, I literally just watched it before we, you know, jumped on here. As I was watching, I'm like, oh my God, what is the conversation going around, <laughs> you know, uh, at the company right now? Because clearly that is... You know, you could, you can't help but make the parallels between that and what happened to the ouster of Kat Yeah. But as soon as she smothered him and he died,
0: I actually knew where that was going. Sure. Like I, I knew how the secretary, I knew what the secretary was going to think. Yep. And I pretty much predicted how the secretary was going to react. Right. Yeah. So that was, that was, I think it was interesting that we're dealing with, you know, Rita after the accident that caused her to have her powers, but when her star is waning and she's still trying to get
1: work. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh, so, so
1: creepy. Well, and just even at the end, like I, I liked at the end of the episode where she's looking at the mirror and she finally starts realizing she needs to take down all these pictures of herself. Like she's right. clinging onto this past.
0: That was, it was pretty powerful. Was good. Um, this episode, this episode felt so much like a horror movie that I was like, oh dear God, what's Swamp Thing gonna do? Right, right. I mean, this, this episode got me legitimately, like gave me the heebie like I, I was like, am, am I gonna have an issue right now? <laughs> Especially with Rita's nightmare of that girl slitting her wrist. Yeah. Oh, 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 and it obviously has something to do with the baby mm-hmm. from the episode from Donkey Patrol. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't, I want to know what's up with the baby, but then I don't know once what's, what's up with the baby because I know when I find out what's up with the baby, I just, I just, I just kind of feel like I'm gonna be needing therapy afterwards. I just don't know where it's going, but I was glad Rita got an episode where we really got to kind of delve into her and her relationship with Minto and whatever it was that Rita did that Minto like dropped her like a bad habit.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then we also saw an appearance of Animal, Vegetable, Mineral Man.
0: Well, th- our second appearance of Animal, Vegetable, Mineral Man.
1: Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like we, we you know, because when we first saw it in the first episode, uh, neither one of us knew what the character's name was.
0: Right. I knew it was a character, but I forgot what his name was. Yeah. And then I found out and just the fact that he showed up his own head bit him oh my god that was hilarious (laughs) that was funny
1: oh it's so wacky i mean this this show is just fun to watch it's so out there
0: well, this episode wasn't quote fun to watch. This this episode, th- this Doom Patrol patrol episode was like powerful to watch because yeah. like I was freaked out.
1: But I'm okay. But I mean, I would say like shows that are powerful like this to me are fun to watch. So
0: yeah, this this one was just oh, it was just good television, really good television, and I thought it was very interesting watching Cyborg and Robot Man bond a little bit more. Yeah, um, I liked Phil Lamar's depe- I liked his portrayal of of Silas. More in this episode than I have in previous episodes.
1: Yeah, I did too. I did too. Uh, I liked. Uh, I liked seeing Cyborg actually have the little chest armor on. You know, where you actually see that.
0: Yeah. Well, they t- he took the track. He took the took
1: tracksuit. T- off. <laughs> I'm. I'm tired of seeing a tracksuit. To be honest with you.
0: But you know, yeah. See the chest armor. You know, see him and Robot Man bonding. Yeah. Um, I just. I feel so bad for Cliff. Like, where is he going to go in the next episode? I don't know. With no, because it was his. It was his pit crew. His pit crew
1: boss like the 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 crew chief
0: the crew chief that you know apparently is is the father to his daughter or not. now is he really we don't know but no or or basically did she, did he become like her dad after the accident yeah it's like i, I
1: don't. I mean know. i think that's more powerful if that's how they go with it because you know that's going to set up some kind of epic you know confrontation
0: oh yeah especially since you know there was that i still don't out if it was a reveal or if it was a uh a misdirect if he really was sleeping with his wife because like she was talking about sleeping with him and how big he was and all of that in the pilot but i couldn't tell if that was the reality or was she just playing the situation to get under Cliff's skin
1: no she was doing it because i mean there was that part where he was on the track racing he looks over and she's reaching out grabbing him in the front
0: yes tim i know that but my point is he seemed kind of he seemed kind of shocked by it too so i you know at the time i was questioning whether was she just was he just a pawn or were they really having something then when he goes and slugs him when he won the race I was like oh yeah then he probably was actually sleeping with his wife yeah
1: I don't know we'll see but um, yeah I mean again you know they continue to just build up these really powerful emotional beats for Robot Man
0: yeah and we're not and we're not even halfway through the season yet no not even yeah oh, this is gonna be so good can't wait and then the thing that we get and, and, and then to
1: think that this gets followed up by a Swamp Thing right this it's just
0: this is just insanely good television
1: mm-hmm. yeah i i am probably most excited for swamp thing. i mean I, i'm enjoying doom patrol but swamp thing you know is going to ha- have a much narrower focus in terms of the character you know you, you have just basically one main protagonist from what it looks like here and and i think the uh the building up of the character is going to be much more thorough and consistent which is going to be kind of a fun thing to watch well
0: it's going to be the first time that this isn't a this isn't a and when I say ensemble show, I mean, it's not a team. Right. So,
1: yeah. And what was the next? I didn't see the preview. What What's what's happening the next week?
0: I didn't see the preview either. Okay. Like, you know, the Titans previews would play after the episode. Yeah. The, the Doom Patrol, the Doom Patrol uh, previews don't play after you finish the episode.
1: Well, here's here's a little quirk that kind of annoys me. Now, I watch it on Apple TV. Like, it's not, there might be a way to do it, but like, there's no real straightforward way to, to go to the next episode because like, if you do it on your iPad the next episode will have a have a, a preview button right there but on the Apple TV it doesn't so the the, interf- the interface is inconsistent
0: yes it is now the, 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 and they're continuing to make improvements I mean let's I mean I'm I'm a little bit more lenient than other people are especially tech people because it's like it's like they just expect it to be perfect right out of the gate and I'm just like well at least every time there's an update it's getting better yeah do one thing that I the one thing that legitimately annoys me is the fact that my that my progress doesn't sync across all my devices yeah that's that's the one I'm like no seriously if you're gonna have that capability get it right
1: right okay well I think uh, I think we gave that one a fair shake in the last couple episodes
0: I think so uh, I do think it's I think that's gonna be it for this week's episode
1: yeah I think so so again guys we apologize next week is gonna be a weird week we're gonna we're not quite sure what we're doing yet but I may I may drop um, a DC episode of our squadcast movies our very first Golden Age film
0: oh yeah that was a that was an oldie yeah yeah <laughs> Just to show you what it used to be like way back when. Way back when. So, but yeah, so don't, uh, feel free to contact us. You can reach out to us at Suicide Squadcast on Twitter. Uh, I can be reached at ScottDC27. Sorry, I'm taking my birthday off next week. Have fun, everybody.
1: (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Alan Fire, and you can always find our show at, you already did that. And then you can always email the show at SuicideSquadcast at gmail.com.
0: And then, of course, we are on Vero Facebook, and you can find the entire network at SuicideSquadcast.com, and... And of course, our Patreon.com slash Squadcast Media, where you can support us, help us keep the shows going, and also get access to a whole plethora of additional content. And RoboCop, next week, next Tuesday. Thank you for your cooperation.
1: Because
0: <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs>
1: Drop it. <laughs> so. Dead or alive, you're coming. we just took the same <laughs> so, so, stupid yes. jokes we did on the review, <laughs> yes, and we, we are. can't help ourselves. <laughs> it's a very quotable movie. So
0: It's a very quotable movie. Yeah. So. And,
1: and it surprisingly holds up, so I think you'll enjoy our review so
0: five dollars a month check it out yep all right all right so that's it for this week uh and to everyone thank you for listening and go out and keep reading dc
1: (laughs) see you guys i wasn't gonna do another robocop donut wheels. We, we already blew up Kevin Tsujihara. Is it is it fair to blow him up twice?
0: Well, you know, he took longer than 2 hours. So,
1: we'll... <laughs> it, yes, he did not meet our mandate. <laughs> you know, we already blew him up. Did we do anything with James Gunn and anything with the Suicide Squad? I mean, does that deserve a blow up? No,
0: we haven't done anything because you weren't here for that for that hot mess.
1: No, I wasn't. How, how about how about the Ezra Miller script drama?
0: Oh, oh, it hurts. <sighs> it hurts so much.
1: It does. It does. You know what? Normally we kind of single out one thing, but I kind of feel like I just want to blow up last week. Can we just do (laughs) that?
0: Yes, the entire week just needs to go away. The
1: entire week needs to go away. So, sorry, last week, but you are so last week. Goodbye.